0: The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule.
1: The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, I'll be running part one of my coverage of the NAM Show held at Anaheim Convention Center. Then, rounding out the hour, Robert Larson will join us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with a regular contributor, the blogger behind Field of Schemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Um, So that old church saying that says the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away seems to hold true in Sacramento, where last week the arena ballot petitions got certified. So the question of should Sacramento hold a vote on a new arena would take place. Then this week the city clerk ruled that, A, getting the signatures on multiple different versions of a petition is a problem, which should be obvious. Then B <laughs> she stated that um the legal language of the petitions had so many flaws in it, she's never seen something so awful. Um so does this mean full Steve ahead with uh, the arena in Sacramento at this point?
0: See, I thought you were gonna go towards the uh the churches being seized by eminent domain story. Ah. The whole first lead in. I I I missed the segue <laughs> there. But yeah, Sacramento. So well you know what it means is it heads for the courts right yeah. i mean in, in in any kind of case like this where you've got the city saying um, this is a violation of the the petitioning laws where you've got uh, uh, you know multiple different both multiple different versions of the petition that were signed in, and also there's like supposed to be language at the top explaining to people signing the petition that this is going to be a law if it gets approved, uh, and okay. they left that part out oh so it's It's kind of a mess, and the question is, is it such a mess that the petitions need to be thrown out, or is a court going to say, well, people thought they knew what they were signing, and even if the people who wrote up and Xeroxed the petitions couldn't really figure out what they were doing very well, um, we should respect, you know, the will of the people who were were trying to to sign a petition for something. Um, It's... Seems like the I wouldn't say consensus, but the majority legal opinion is that probably um, these petitions are going to end up getting rejected. But you know, uh, once you get into into the legal specifics of this stuff, it's really, really hard to say. Um, I think the best bet we can make is that whatever happens, it's going to take a while to get resolved in the courts. Yeah. Um, um, which means that there's a much better chance that Sacramento is going to go and sell the bonds for the arena before any kind of uh, vote can be held, public vote can be held. So, And at that point, it's really hard to undo the project. I mean, this, this I think we talked about this before. That yeah. There was already some talk being around that, that they were going to try and quick-sell the bonds in May before a June vote, now they may not have to hurry quite so much. Um, and, you know, that's, that's going to be a big problem for opponents in Sacramento, is that, uh, you know, even if they eventually wind up getting something on the ballot, because, of course, you know, there's nothing stopping them from going back and starting the petition process over again and actually using the same petition all the time. Uh, but, you know, by the time they get that done, there going to be a situation like you had in... Oh, a bunch of places, St. Louis is one example, where they had a vote saying that they couldn't spend public money on a new stadium for the Cardinals right after St. Louis had just spent the public money on the new stadium for the Cardinals. So the horse horse was out of the barn at that point.
1: You know, groups like Sacramento Taxpayers Against Pork and all the different anti-arena groups, Is it really? you've covered a lot of anti-stadium um, uh, drives. Uh, is it really hard to find a pro bono lawyer that can write really good legal petitions? or?
0: You wouldn't think so, and there's been all this complaint, right, about how like Chris Hansen in Seattle was funding this this uh, project, and you would think if if they were genuinely the the puppets of, you know, big money out of town interests, they actually would have been able to hire <laughs> a Yeah, you would um, think so. It, it's it's it, I, I you know, between them and the people on the uh, on the pro arena side who had a couple weeks ago held their uh, their. Uh, one of their press conferences in a, in a cemetery in order to try and argue that dead people are signing the petitions. Um, there's a lot of really bad behavior to go around on both sides in Sacramento, I have to say. Um, and unfortunately, this is what's good deciding it, you know? I mean, it's not going to be about, and we haven't talked about what the actual merits are of this deal or whether it's good for Sacramento in months now, because everybody's just arguing about, you know, um, which of the two side bigger buffoons in terms of running a, a stadium or anti-stadium you ca- arena or anti-arena <laughs> campaign. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's unfortunate. and I was hoping that at least we would have a vote, not necessarily uh, uh, you know, just have a vote so that people can argue the merits of the argument. You know, of oh, debate, but it, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime yeah. soon. Yeah,
1: you write that a lawsuit is probably coming either way. Uh, would it be meaningless unless the anti-arena side of the aisle gets a stay on the bond sales that are scheduled for June?
0: Um, yeah, I think probably. I mean, I guess if they could get a really quick decision, right? If they could get a really quick decision overturning the city clerk's ruling and getting the thing back on the ballot for June, then maybe they might have a shot. Um, but like you said, you know, they they can always Sacramento can always try and push up the bond sale and and rush it for May. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen because there are things you have to do in order to hold a bond sale that you know you can't just declare that you're doing it. Um, but it 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 looks pretty tough right now for uh for the arena opponents to to get this thing on the ballot definitely make a difference.
1: the viking stadium lawsuit has been dismissed so the bond sale there is back on edmonton right. says that it's ready to break ground on the oilers arena despite still missing around 50 million dollars and we just talked about what looks like a bond sales on track for June in Sacramento. Since all three of these cities lack funding for their respective projects, will we see a stadium version of like Terry Gillum's like Don Quixote, which is a film that never got built? And
0: <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs>
0: it's gonna end. Up... No, I mean, unfortunately unfor- or unfortunately, um, pro- stadium projects. Um, once there's shovels in the ground, pretty much always get built. Um, it's just a matter of how you figure out how to pay the uh, pay the construction contractors. Um, you know, the the money that's going to what they're going to end up doing if they're short of the money is um, let's take a place like Edmonton, right? Edmonton, the way they solved their, their hole in the budget was to just say, okay, we're going to increase our assumptions for how much money is going to come in from the <laughs> this, you know, tax and financing district around the arena, right? Uh-huh. So instead of pretending that it's going to bring in you know, X amount of dollars, we'll just say it's X plus $100 million, and there you go. We've filled a $100 million hole. Um, that's a hole that, if it reappears, won't reappear until well after the arena is actually open. Um, and that's, you know, kind of how you get around this, this problem of, you know, how do you pay for something when you don't know if you're actually going to have the money is, you know, you borrow the money, you sell sell the bonds, and then you figure out how to pay them off later. And, you know, if the money doesn't come in from the way that you're expecting it to come in from, then the city is just going to have to figure it out then. And I do think that we're, you know, I mean, I hope we don't, but I think it's pretty likely that. Five, ten, fifteen years from now, we're going to see a rash of cities around the country and, and in Canada um, that are suddenly going to be having to find ways of paying for these buildings that they built, you know, a decade earlier, um, because it turns out that the financing plan, you know, just was full of holes.
1: So everybody's going to have their very own KFC Yum Center on their hands.
0: KFC Yum Center, or you know, Cincinnati Bengals Stadium, where they're going to be selling off hospitals <laughs> to uh, try and pay the bills. Um, it's it's. You know, it's really tempting for local officials to say, uh, you know, especially when you've got a funding plan with something like tax increment financing where nobody knows how much money is going to come in. It's really, really tempting when you're trying to come up with money to say, hey, you know what, let's just assume that it's going to bring in enough money. And, you know, it might not work out, but by then I'm going to be way long out of office. Nobody's going to remember that I passed this thing. (laughs) So it'll be somebody else's problem. Um, and you know, I, I think we, we've seen that over and over again, um, with, you know, problems with lo- the way the local officials spend money—they tend to, you know, it's—it's it's very tempting to push off the bills into the future, and it's doubly so with stadiums.
1: With the last fifteen years being a big stadium boom uh, as far as building things, is this a lot like a, a bubble that hasn't popped yet? Like it—it reminds me a lot of the housing crisis. Is part of the pressure to build things without all the funding in place due to the bad economy and Wall Street needing to generate more inventory of municipal ba- bonds because of such a bad economy?
0: Um. The problem is, it's a bubble that is that nobody's really pushing back against. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what would cause it to pop. I mean, the team owners are obviously still going to be demanding these things, right? Because that's where they're getting all their money. Um, and yeah, it winds up. You know, you 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 might see, I guess, a little bit of pushback if some of these deals wind up being like the KSEM Center, where suddenly it winds up costing a lot more down the road. Um, but again, I I don't know who it would be from, because you know if you've got, if you're a mayor, um, you're not really going to worry so much about oh well maybe if the money doesn't come in some you know I or some whoever else is sitting in my chair is down the road going to have to come up with some more money for this you know they just want to be able to get up there at the press conference and say you know I got this building built and until that changes I don't think that. Uh, you know, there's any chance of popping this bubble I it. Mean, you know, it's, it's been a bubble all along. You know, when you start from a situation where it's basically all about taking a whole lot of public money and using it to prop up team profits, Uhhuh. Um you know it's not like there was ever a return on the investment.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well you could turn it around and yes, I'll be out of office, but uh I one time I saw a speech about fifteen, maybe seventeen years ago, um uh, Dennis Kucinich was talking and he was talking about how he saved the Cleveland Municipal Power Company from being privatized and um he was out of office after he saved it. But then um, that's, how he ran. that's how he basically formed the foundation to do his uh, congressional run years later.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's certainly possible to run a, you know, to have a principled um, campaign against, you know, funding these stadiums and a principled campaign against, you know, pushing off the cost of the future and things like that. Um, the problem is there aren't a lot of people um, in elected office who are going to behave based on their principles the way Dan you did. Yeah. Um And I don't think Dan Kassinich was doing that in order to, you know, he, it wasn't like he, ha, he had this nefarious plan, like, ha, 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 I'm going to rescue the, uh, you know, the, the city from having to have all these costs, and then I'm going to use it to, to run a congressional campaign, right? Yeah, no. Um, you know, I mean, and I think that's, that's the issue. Is there are always going to be mayors and and you know other local officials who are going to stand up and say no to these things, but they're in the minority, and the team owners know. Okay, you know, Dennis Guezanich isn't going to be around for forever, um, or whoever it is, and uh, you know we're just going to find somebody else who's going to who's going to accept our accept our deal. Again, I, could this change in five, ten, fifteen, twenty years? Totally. And I think you know as we see some of these deals fall apart, it will be one piece. You know one piece of data that people can use to uh to argue against these kinds of deals, but um it's you know the the reasons why they're happening um are still very much in place, and I don't see them changing you know without a tremendous public uh, public opposition.
1: Yeah, I, I love how in Cleveland they are proposing to extend the original syntaxes that built the three new facilities that the professional sports team currently plays in in Cleveland. The local politicians are saying, "Oh, the tax is the, extending the craft tax isn't a tax increase." Again, it's just like when are when are we going to wise up to this tactic?
0: And that's another place where the argument is well, we have to spend the money because we already said we were going to spend it, because in the original leases of the Cleveland teams, it said that the county was on the hook for maintenance of the buildings. And apparently, I mean, I haven't seen the actual language. I don't know if anyone has, but Uh the um, the, uh, the maintenance can be defined as improvements, like new scoreboards and things like that. Um, again, it's very possible the county should be should be uh, trying to argue this more, um, but. We would not be nearly in this same situation if the people who signed these deals back in the 90s had said, hey, let's actually define in the contract what maintenance means and, me- and you know, indicate that it's about you know, making sure that things don't break, not replacing things with more newfangled things whenever there's a newfangled thing you know, that the team wants.
1: Yeah, definitely. A few more details emerged about Syracuse University's proposed $495 million football stadium. Uh, I thought this was on the back burner.
0: Um, you know, it is on the back burner, but that doesn't mean they're gonna, not going to keep pushing for it. Um, it didn't make it into Governor Cuomo's uh, budget speech. Um, so it's, uh, it's, you know, not happening right now. Um, but, again, Syracuse University still wants the thing built, and they still want state and county money. Um, and I think presumably what they're going to do is try and convince the state to, you know, start considering this at a time when it's not Quite so high profile yeah um, and see if they can seek it through that way um, you know they're always going to ask
1: yeah <laughs> definitely
0: ever, things get moved off the off the front burner but they always stay on the back burner for as long as as uh, as you know the whether it's the, the, a private team or a uh, private university wants them.
1: I kind of came up with the devious plan if I was a university president. Um, uh, Universities obviously can't move their campuses, but you can threaten to move the stadium closer to a satellite campus in a couple cities away.
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, you can threaten to move the stadium out of state. I mean, you, you know, know <laughs> nothing saying that uh, Syracuse football team has to play in Syracuse.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, they, on, the, they can, on They can move to Canada. Exactly. Uh, so on that note, um, an amazing thing to end it. So Florida Marlins team president David Sampson is on the show Survivor.
0: Yes! Isn't this awesome? <laughs> and, his, and his bio is that—wait, hold on, I have to find the actual uh, exact quote. His His bio says— Oh man. Do you have it in front of you?
1: Do I have it in front um let me pop up the thing real the exact fast. Quote? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's on this one here. It's browser,
0: real- load quick. Um
1: Yeah, it's really uh, great right, though.
0: His, yes, his uh he he was asked what his personal claim to fame was in his survival oh, yeah, bio, that's right. and his answer was Got local government in Miami to contribute <laughs> over three hundred and fifty million dollars to a new baseball park during the recession. <laughs> this is what he wants written on his well, his survivor bio, if not necessarily his tombstone. You know, <laughs> what he's proud of is I arm twisted the people of Miami to give $350 million to my team and you know unsaid is and then we traded everybody and now we're terrible again
1: (laughs) yeah i always like how um he's like he didn't he as a times note she quote samson was president of the team when they won in 2003 or 2003 but this is what he chose to choose as his career highlight that's that's really funny
0: Yeah, well, somebody pointed out, um, I think it was a comment on my site, you know, Samson had next to nothing to do with actually, the team actually winning in 2000, yeah. no, nor, did, nor did Jeffrey Lurie, yeah, for that matter, um, so, uh, so uh, aside from signing the checks, um, so, you know, I guess it's, it's maybe he's just being honest, you know, and really his greatest accomplishment is, uh, you know, getting up there every year and saying, the Marlins aren't going to be back if we don't get a new stadium, um, and... Admittedly, nobody ever believed him, <laughs> because he said it every year. Um, but uh, but eventually they got their new stadium, so I guess it's something to pat yourself on the back on. I mean, you know, you, you work on something for 10 years, you want to at least uh, be able to take credit for it, even if it's, what's the word, evil?
1: Dub- Dubious honor. Yeah. Yeah. Dubious, <laughs> that's a much better word. <laughs> there you go. So, um, Neil DeMoss, he runs fieldofschemes.com, and he wrote a book by the same title. Thanks for being on the show, and we will talk to you next week.
0: Always a pleasure. Talk next week.
1: Okay, and this, of course, is The Heather McCoy Show.